Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Chilekwa Banda from Zambia. Chilekwa has 15 years of experience in the digital finance services sector. She is currently the managing director at Post.net Zambia. She is also a fitness enthusiast and a mother of three. Chilekwa and I spoke about the challenges of managing staff who are your friends, the importance of making teams know that they have been heard, and why it's important for leaders to understand enough about each area of their business to keep teams accountable. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Chilekwa. Welcome to the Everyday Leader Podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Welcome. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So you serve as the Managing Director of Post.net in Zambia. Uh, But before we get into that, I want you to share with us an early leadership experience that you had, maybe when you first stepped into a team management role and what what that was like for you? I think it was probably in 2016. I was working for the bank at the time. Yeah, it was a challenging role because when I started out, I started out as a junior staff that was... Uh, working with um, a group of um, team members. So we were all at the same level, if I can call it that. And we were all interacting as colleagues, you know, friends, etc. And then three months down the line, I had to lead the same team I was <laughs> friends with. So that was uh, challenging because the shift from, okay, this is my work friend to... I am now the boss, okay? And I'm using boss because um, this is one term that is frequently used in my country. The The toughest part about that was having to give instructions to people and having them follow it through. So you have different types of characters. There are those that will challenge you because they know your character. Remember, you're moving from a place where you were close and now you have to lead so they know your weaknesses. And then there are those who are willing to help you thrive because if you thrive, the department thrives and the business thrives. So the most challenging uh, ones were working with the ones that, of course, they believe in in you, but they, they want to push your buttons and see if you really are going to be that leader that creates uh, more leaders and not followers. Uh, I I had to learn how to listen more and speak less. So that was the the biggest challenge. Yeah. That certainly is a a common uh, challenge. Uh, I've faced it myself and I've heard from from other guests who have gone from a position of of a peer and even a friend to now being a supervisor, which means you need to hold people accountable. And you raised a great point around uh, those former peers, uh, now direct reports, knowing both your strengths and your weaknesses. Do you have an example of, of how maybe someone challenged you uh, or, or um, took advantage of a vulnerability that they knew of you and, and how you then were able to um, avoid that becoming a bigger issue? Yeah, I can actually recall a number of, of, of challenges that I faced. Um, I think the most, um, the most vivid one I can remember is in another scenario. This is 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 um, 
something that happened around giving a task. So you, you assign a, a task uh, to the team and you give them timelines because I work with timelines. So I, I used the same mechanism to or rather process to try and see if I could engage the team uh, in the same manner. So give them a timeline, you give them a deadline and you give them the activities. You, you, you go back and check if everyone understood, everyone is okay. So along the way, because I'm trying to avoid micromanaging the team, I don't check in. So a whole week passes by and the day of submission, two people submit, and then there's the one person that says, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand the task. And so I'm trying to figure out, do I <laughs> scream at this person or I do it myself? So I decide, you know what, I'm going to do it myself because I'm working with a deadline and I need to report to somebody else. And I was reporting to, to obviously the, the most senior person in the organization. So I do it myself and I, I don't manage to meet the deadline, unfortunately, and I take the heat. And then I decide I'm going to follow up with the person and we had an altercation in the office. And so what that taught me was to always follow up with an email. Any conversation I have, any instructions that I have, have somebody sign it off, ensure they understand, they ask any questions, you clarify, you give them a deadline and then you also ask them to be able to come back to you along the way if they have challenges. If at any point they fail to come back to you, it is your job as a leader to go back to them and just check in before the actual deadline. So then you, you get to focus on other things and not find yourself in a position like I did where you now have to do the job yourself. Yeah, so that was one of my toughest lessons and I'm actually applying that in my current job and it works very well. So tell us about your, your current role and, and uh, what, what you're doing at uh, post.net and maybe contrast that with uh, the leadership journey you've had so far. Like what is uh, your current leadership style and, and uh, responsibilities versus one of those initial leadership roles that you were just speaking about? The most difficult or challenging um, is the fact that, so my background is tech, right? And all the other leadership roles that I, were, I was given were aligned towards that. So I was thriving because it's literally understanding what the product is doing, uh, give my ideas, have people uh, to work with, and we're good to go. The difference with this one is it's challenging me to reach beyond my limitations or limitations that I thought I actually had. So I'm reading more, I'm learning more, I'm having intelligent conversations, I'm working with a team that understands what they're doing. And so because of that, I have to challenge myself to literally be at their level, right? This is a 20-year-old organization. And this organization has uh, pivoted from just being a brick and mortar type of, of organization to becoming a one-stop shop, to becoming an organization that has 
different partners in the payments services. So you can understand that this is um, an organization that requires an agile uh, type of leadership. Uh, where We're looking at how fast technology is growing, how fast things are changing in Zambia, across Africa and, and the globe. So it requires that I am aware of everything that is happening, both within the organization and outside. It requires that I tap into accounting, I tap into revenue assurance, I tap into uh, application support, I tap into strategic partnerships. So it really requires a very focused approach and a willingness to learn. That's such a great reflection. It sounds like the the company, um, like many, uh, are dealing with just a very fast-moving environment, and especially uh, an organization that needs to uh, transform uh, so so rapidly and then partner with a lot of uh, disruptors is quite an interesting mix. And you uh, bring a lot of uh, experience from your past uh, banking and payments um, roles, and I imagine that's quite helpful. You touched on uh, that there's areas that are kind of new to you and that you're rapidly learning, which sounds exciting and definitely uh, a great aspect of any role. I'm curious how you uh, are leveraging team members. Uh, so I imagine some of the team members, if not all, were there when you uh, joined a few months back. How are you uh, partnering with these team members to um, I guess, accelerate your learning curve while also empowering them to help with this transformation? That's a good question. I think one of my best qualities is that I'm a people person. And so what this means is that I lead with empathy. Now, our environment doesn't really accommodate an empathetic leader. They see that as weakness. But I've always found that to be one of the most amazing things about any leader. Because if I look back, the leaders that inspired me to be better, the ones that I wanted to be like or aspired to do better than, were those that were empathetic towards me. And uh, stats do have it that most people leave a job not because of the organization, but I think about 65 to 70% leave because of the person they're reporting to. So that already tells me that it's more to do with the people part of the job than the actual job. So what I'm doing in my current role is engaging the leadership team more, engaging the staff more in communicating better, asking questions and being able to listen that works very, very well because then people feel like they, they are part of the strategy and they feel like you have their best interests at heart. Because what, what good is it if you have um, an employee walking into the office hoping to leave, right? I know you can't make everyone happy, but we spend 80% of our time in the office with our peers than we do at home. So why not make the most of it by allowing people to be themselves, right? 
and then that sets the pace and the tone at which they are going to deliver because instead of them seeing you as a threat or somebody they 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 do not want to work with and don't get me wrong there's people in life that will never like you no matter what you do right your job is not to make people like you but your job as a leader is to make people love the job and they should be able to love what they do so much that they're willing to compromise on whatever um, beliefs they have to support the cause, which is obviously the overall business strategy. But how the business strategy marries uh, personal goals is also another thing. You touched a little bit uh, on some of your reflections earlier about uh, the aspect of culture. And I noticed that you have held a number of different roles uh, across different types of uh, organizations. Some of them have been uh, Zambian founded and run and, and primarily within the Zambian market, while others have been uh, you know, Pan-African or even global organizations where you serve as a, a representative at the country level or regional level. Um, how would you contrast some of the team culture and how that uh, plays into perhaps local culture uh, at, at an organization? How, how would you compare uh, organizations where the, the focus is entirely Zambia versus uh, part of a, a larger um, Pan-African or international firm? Okay, here's how I'd answer this. And uh, this is coming from uh, both current situation and, and previous situations. I always like to I like to believe that everyone just wants to be understood, right? The only way you will understand somebody is if you actually take the time to have a conversation with them. So most people are more inclined to look or want to speak to people that are similar to them or have something in common with. I like to encourage people to step outside their comfort zone by talking to somebody they wouldn't normally talk to or engaging somebody they wouldn't normally engage. And why this is important, I'll go back to, to, to what I said about everyone just trying to be understood. If, you, if I give you an example of a child in a mall with, with her mom, right? There's probably been a conversation on the way to the mall about what she shouldn't do or what she should do, what she's going to, to be able to get in the mall versus what she won't be able to get. So it's been uh, made clear. They get to the mall and the child asks for a teddy bear when the mother said she's only got money to buy lunch, for example, right? So getting to the mall, the child asks for a teddy bear and they, 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 they start to kick and scream. In that moment, no more reaction for a mother would be to yell back and tell the child to stop making noise. But then the child continues. Now, a child knows that mom will not go so far because there's people watching. So the child throws themselves on the floor. And then the mother <laughs> approaches the child and it makes things worse. But in that moment, I have witnessed a mother step away from the child and tell the child they're free to do whatever they want. They can stay on the floor, but the mother needs to leave, so she'll come back for the child. 
and you see this kid get up and run kicking and <laughs> screaming telling the mom mom to wait why did i give that example it's the same way adults think if i am speaking with somebody and they don't want to listen to me or they give me the impression they know everything and i know nothing the next time they ask me a question i will be silent and then the next time they give me an instruction i won't think beyond my creativity my creative capacity so then i will always want to shrink myself so that i make them happy and what that does is in an organization you'll find your people begin to lie to you. They cook up numbers because every time they tell you the company is failing, you react. Every time they tell you, uh, they give you negative feedback, you react by giving them extra uh, work. You react by, by, by telling them how the company is underperforming and you put pressure on your team, whereas you as the leader was supposed to contain that pressure and give it to them in little drops that is the type of leadership i use in terms of understanding people and their backgrounds and their culture everyone just wants to be understood so let's remove the color the age the country the continent we all just want to be understood and once we we understand that it's so easy to communicate with anyone because that conversation, that person is likely to tell you how their culture differs from yours, how yelling in their culture is not normal, people speak softly, how dressing in their culture is this way, whereas yours is, is, is a certain way. You have to have conversations and accommodate people. That's where it starts from. Communication is key. Well, well, that was such a, a vivid uh, illustration of, of the point, and, and uh, th that was incredible to hear that metaphor, really, uh, for how you know people just need to be understood, and, and conversations can, can help achieve that. Uh, so that definitely sounds like you learn so much uh, in terms of working at different international organizations and, and contrasting that with um, Zambian organizations, and uh, still, it uh, sounds like... Uh, there's a lot to to learn and, and organizations are still really uh, grappling uh, with that. And, and, you know, you, you've worked at a lot of different organizations and you've held a, a, a number of different leadership roles. And I, I also wanted to hear from you, you know, you must be continually developing, uh, you know, just, just the fact of joining an organization and finding your way. Uh, and uh, building teams and managing teams is is a learning in itself. Um, do you also pursue um, other strategies or tactics for upskilling yourself or becoming a better leader? Do you have any uh, tips, tricks, hacks that you've used? I know a lot of leaders are always eager to hear how other leaders are uh, improving themselves. So uh, I'd love to hear what you do uh, maybe in your own time uh, or throughout your work to really accelerate your learning and become a better leader? That's a very interesting question that I have been asked, actually. Uh, most people want to know, are you not afraid? Doesn't this role scare you? You look so young. How do you manage, etc., etc.? Learning is a habit that you have to develop on your own. No one can, can force it on you. 
And I am privileged to have a father who has always instilled reading in us. Now, watching him and being in this position where now I remember every lesson around growing yourself and why education is important, why learning is important. I have always had a mentor, right, within my vicinity. And now more than ever, it is very, very important to have a mentor. Now, one of the things that I do, uh, or rather some of the things that I do, uh, I have deliberately set time where I can watch videos on strategy, on leadership, on mentorship, on growing your career, how not to lead, how to lead. I read books, but not as often as I should. So I'm not going to be that person that tells you how I can read one book in four hours and I've read 10 books in a week. No, I'm not, I'm not that person yet, but it's a learning uh, curve. But what I do love to do is sign up for events, webinars, where I am constantly engaging with other experts who have been in this position longer than I have. So listening to other people gives you a three-minute uh, overview of what a book would do for you in a couple of months. I've also signed up for a mentorship program under the Sherry uh, Blair Foundation. So that is going really well. And I've also signed up for other courses. Uh, I did mention that I am a tech woman, right? That's my background. So accounting is something that I didn't study at school. So I, I enrolled myself for an accounting uh, course for uh, non-finance managers. So those are some of the things that keep me focused on the job because you can have a CFO in a company, right? But if you do not understand exactly what is happening in terms of the performance of the company, you, you get lost in the organization. And once your team is aware that you actually don't know that side of the business, that's a given. You either take the company down or you have a team of people that do not believe in you. I'm not saying a leader must know everything because not there's no one person who, who knows everything. You can't be annoyed or but be willing to learn and that's how you grow. Amazing. It it sounds like uh, you know the the habit of reading uh, from your father has has been kind of almost a, a la launch pad to this continuous uh, learning and you seeking out uh, a range of different opportunities to continually develop yourself. Uh, you you mentioned a lot of things that you're doing, and I'm wondering uh, if at all you you feel overwhelmed at times uh, of all the different commitments you have and and how you deal with that feeling uh, of being overwhelmed if you do feel that way? Yeah, it's, I think it's only natural for any person that is taking up any role, whether it's a leadership role or whether you're taking up more tasks 
one thing I learned is the fact that I'm communicating with my team and making sure they're aware of what the direction of the company looks like. Of course, uh, there's certain information you see, right? But that also helps you to delegate. It gives other team members an opportunity to be able to want to help you. So delegation is key. The other thing is taking time out. We have seven days in a week. If you are working Sunday to Sunday, there's something wrong with you. You are being inefficient. And I had to learn that. I thought having, locking myself up in, in my room and working the whole day was being efficient. But then I discovered that I wasn't actually completing tasks. I had a lot of pending items because I was touching each and every item, looking at everything. But you see, when you give and empower your team members to do their job and leave people, you know, there's that saying, we hire smart people so that we don't tell them what to do. That is really, really important. Micromanaging doesn't really help you. There are times when you should micromanage, but there are times when you should actually just give people enough information and let them do their job. It makes your life easier as well. Yeah. So true. Um, just just as we start to wrap up, um, are there other um, trends that you're seeing in the workplace, uh, in leadership that you find particularly uh, relevant or, or helpful to think about as a leader? Yes, definitely. Um, the first thing I, I mentioned was uh, one of the challenges was listening more and speaking less. So that comes with persistence, hard work, and being consistent in the goal, right? The goal is you should be able to listen to your team. How are you going to do it? You should actually write it down. Take down deliberate steps you will take to achieve that goal as small as this goal may seem it is an important goal and every day you should be able to tick off what you think you did better towards that goal on a daily basis you should be aware of the things that are blocking you from achieving that goal it could be any goal it could be time management it's setting your alarm clock an hour before your usual wake-up time and asking yourself, when I wake up, what is it that I'm doing? Do I pray first? Am I grabbing my phone first? How much time am I wasting before I actually get out of bed? And slowly, it's, 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 it's a process, okay? So slowly you start to adjust and then you realize, okay, because I did this little thing yesterday and it improved one minute of my time, I will try and do it twice as much today because it's going to improve 10 minutes of my time, etc., etc. And it goes on and on and on and on. And the key there is to not put yourself on a pedestal. You have to admit that you are not perfect and you are working towards perfection. And so when you allow yourself to be human, 
you won't have so much pressure to be perfect because you'll be willing to accommodate the mistakes that you will make and improve on them because everyone that says i have experience they have experience because of their mistakes they learned from their mistakes so now they're an expert at making those mistakes and they won't do it again yes i completely agree with you that's that's a solid um advice that you're sharing there and i think one, one thing you mentioned uh, stood out to me as well about the importance of listening and active listening uh, as a leader and not always uh, being the one doing the talking. And, and that's actually something we've uh, intentionally built into the Coffee Chat Peer Coaching Network, where leaders get to peer coach each other. And the thing about peer coaching, one of the principles is active listening and not giving advice off the, the cuff, but rather uh, crafting powerful questions that then unlock that other person to uh, come up with their own um, you know, uh, way forward, really. And so it sounds like you're you're practicing that uh, also in, in your role. Um, so, uh, is there anything else that you would like to, to share with our audience before we close? Well, I think the most important thing when it comes to leadership is allowing yourself to be human. You're human. No one expects you to be super woman or superman. Allow yourself to be human, make the mistakes, ask questions, communicate with people, give people a chance to learn, give people a chance to make mistakes. And yeah, just keep pushing because everyone is just trying uh, to be better than they were yesterday. And once you, you grasp the idea of bringing back the human in the human resources you you will be able to grow the organization and serve your customers better because your people are happy well chalegua it's been wonderful speaking with you today thank you for openly reflecting and, and sharing your learnings uh, i look forward to continuing to follow you on your leadership journey and thank you again for your time thank you so much chris it was a pleasure